Welcome everyone to Leaders of a Conscious World podcast, and I'm here with John Ashford, crazy humanoid. My name is Venus Castleberg. Super excited to have John on today. Um, I heard a story probably years ago um, that John was doing something different with teenagers and opening up a new possibility to teenagers that were troubled. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and yeah, I'd love to hear more about like, what are you doing with these teenagers that's so different? So um, what happened is like, it's a backstory of it is that about 2015, the end of 2015, I was introduced to a book called, this crazy ass book called Being You Changing the World by a good friend of mine, Dr. Dane here. And what happened is that immediately when I picked up the book, well, let me, it wasn't immediate. It took me, I was hesitant for a little bit to pick up the book because a friend of mine and Antoinette Moore, who was part of Access at the time, referred me to this book. And I, she was in LA and I was like, yeah, I'll get to that later. And it took me some time of her prodding me like, dude, get the book, the book. And I finally got the book and I didn't read it at first. So I was like, I don't have time to read this fucking book. I went and got an audio and I started driving and when I turned on Dane's voice, it was like, Luke, I'm your father. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best, greatest way I can explain it. And it was just like, so I hit him up on the internet. And I did not realize until I got to one of his classes that once he pulls out his phone, occasionally he's like, he can see you actually contacting him. I was that individual one time. And I was like, dude, I just bought your book. This book is fucking amazing but it's weird as hell and he responded i never forget weirdo weirdos of the world unite i'm like whoa so i was like i thought this was some type of computer response and so i'm going back and forth and he eventually said man can i get back with you i'm in the middle of something lo and behold i didn't know until i got to one of his classes what he was in the middle of so anyway uh i started reading the book and it came to a point i've always had this crunchiness and i'm still working through that using all the tools of access with money so in the book, Dane said, put $50 in your wallet. Don't spend it. Don't let anybody know you have it and see what happens being the energy of money. Lo and behold, two months later, I got like contracts that I never had from Portland Public Schools and I got paid cash for different jobs. And so my wife, who I was married to forever, opened my wallet one time and she said, what the hell? Who from zero money in their wallet to $350 cash in their wallet? I was like, I don't know. I just picked up this book. <laughs> And something happened. <laughs> and so months went by and we were taking a road trip and I told her, I'm going to this class, Bars class. And so uh, she, and I said, this is what I'm going to see. This is why I'm going. And so he played this, the audio of being you change the world. And my wife said, I'm going too. So I went to the class. We went to a foundation class two months later and I was like, I'm sold. Then I started thinking about my clients. I got this one young lady that came in that was struggling with some drugs. She was like running away from home. She wasn't in school. And I said, hmm, being you changing the world. So I didn't go telling my supervisor or anything because sometimes government is too slow to react. I just like, you know, I gave this girl an option. I said, you want to do 24 hours of community service or would you like to spend 24 hours with me, read a book, go through some tools, um, no judgment, 
Only thing we're going to start with is you're going to read this first page to me. Everything's opposite what it appears to be. Nothing's opposite what it appears to be. The entire page. And mom, who's sitting next to her, you have to also participate in this. So I want you to think your daughter's being a smart ass when she comes home and says, turn to sender. You know, I don't, <laughs> he like, you know, no, none of that. Not, that's not happening. So <laughs> anyway, she started to read it. And every, the, so we met in my office the first two or three times. Then afterwards, they said, could, and because she had younger siblings, and mom said, can we come to the house? And you could see the family start to change. Mm -hmm. This girl graduated from college, or graduated from high school, wasn't expected, stopped using drugs, got her own apartment, got a job, and she's thriving now. And she mm -hmm. does bars exchange with me now, since she's 20, 21 now, she's able to do it. So we actually have an exchange. And I'm like, wow. Well, I was like, yeah, maybe that's just the fluke. Let's try it again. <laughs> he wrote this essay. I said that essay today. And I'm like crying. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so all of a sudden, I start using these tools over and over and over again. And the expansion of energy kept on changing. And not all, so I'm not going to say all the young people. Some of the people, some of the people aren't ready. And that's the other piece that I, I have some learning pieces that I've learned from this is that you can offer something, but the horse won't drink if he's not thirsty or she's not thirsty. So that was one of the things that I realized immediately. Uh, but in the process of using these tools, it started to change everything for me about being more in question of everything. Mm -hmm. Everything is the opposite of what it appears to be. And nothing's opposite what it appears to be. And I start looking at that. So as I start doing more and access and start expanding my meditation and start doing some other things with this homeopathy that I do, I start to notice energetically there was a quicker engagement with young people mm. and their families. And so then, I, like, I, like I told you before, I took it outside and I tried it on some adult men. And I was just like, whoa. There's something to this being you changing the world. And I can tell the most recent, uh, the most recent was a young lady that I'm, that I'm on a case load now. And I remember her coming into my office and she was very upset. She came in there and she was upset that she had to come there. And she thought that this was a, a bunch of bullshit. And she became very disrespectful to her mom. And it was funny when you learn how to use the tools with these young people being you, how you use force and anger, the difference between using the two. Mm. And I had to use force because she was becoming downright like, I was like, I thought she was going to attack her mom. And I was like, I opened my door and said, look, we don't have to do this. We can go upstairs and see the judge immediately. I'm not dealing with this bullshit at all. You're leaving my office. And she said, no. And at that moment, I saw the opening of no meaning what else is possible. Mm -hmm. And that no was also packed with, dude, do you know how much bullshit I've been dealing with with my mom? It's not been a cakewalk with her. Mm -hmm. So I closed the door, I sat back down, and I said, what, what's going on right now? And then I apologized. I said, you know something? 
that might not have been the best move on my part. You know, I'm not perfect. You know, I think that maybe I could have handled that a little different, but I freaked out because I didn't, safety was a concern of mine at that, in those 10 seconds. And so she says to me, no. And then she reserved and I could see that we were, the door was slowly closing. This is what I want to offer you. I don't want to give you any community service. I want to offer you to a world that's so different than what you've been living in that you won't be the effect of Portland Public Schools. You won't be the effect of your mom's, I want to call you, I don't want to call you mom, insanity, but mom's lack of choice of being trapped in this reality because I could see she was worn down by this reality. Right. And she says, yeah. So I said, let's wait for that. I said, but let's go. First, I want to give you this book. I want you to take this book and I want you to read this mantra that I call Dane's book, which he uses a tool. Everything's opposite. I had to read that in the room and mom started to cry. I started to get teary eyed because once you see the energy change, it's like a warp in the reality that veil actually can go slightly sideways and things can enter and leave. And about seven days later, about, no, about two weeks later, we had a meeting at school and I could tell that she was a little bit different. And I was sitting across from her and I couldn't quit smiling. And she said, dude, what's up? I was like, no. And so the assistant principal was there. I was smiling. I was like, oh, this seems kind of pervy. I was like, let me try because <laughs> I'm sitting this with the teenage girl. But what I could see was the possibilities that was with this sister. Mm. So I'm smiling. Mom is excited because this girl was going from not being in school to she was finally excited about being back to school. And I knew that she's made that choice of shifting. A week later, we met at a coffee shop and she came with Dane's book and she had all the pages marked up. And my work was really done at that, in that 10 seconds because she got it. She really got it. She started asking questions. She realized not to go into conclusion. I wasn't even saying anything. And I'm just sitting like, I'm in awe, like, God damn, wow. And so one of the things I learned is that for me and people who work with young people or people in general, what happens if you create being space? And the way you create space is to let go of any judgment, mm -hmm. to let go of the outcome that you have to save somebody. And I, I spent, I mean, I, like I'm July 2nd, I will have done 30 years within the juvenile system, working with families. And if I would have known 20 years ago that I didn't have to save, I call it Captain save -a if I didn't have to be Captain <laughs> I would have had so much more ease in my living and I might not be so gray, <laughs> but I spent time and, and, and it. And it flows from those experience with these young people have like ignited my desire to be more mm. and to offer more. You know, it's the point where, you know, if you ever go to a class and I suggest anybody who hasn't been to access class with Gary or Dana or anybody really, I mean, Cassie, 
Sarah, I've, I mean, I, I've been to Danielle, I've been to classes with a lot of those guys and the energy that's offered, it's an invitation to be you magical, so magical you. I mean, I know that doesn't make any sense in English maybe, but it's the pure magic of being. Mm. Once you have that, it's contagious to other people. It's a good virus. Not like <laughs> right now, but it's a good virus. And all things can change. And I guess I tell young people when I'm working with them, I'm actually learning as much as they're learning. There's never a one up because I'm a probation officer. And you're a client. It's, I never, I never, before access, I never had that approach. Mm -hmm. I always like, when I was going to school in France and I'm from Chicago and I was sitting on the beach, beach and, and uh, on the Riviera, I was like, damn, I wonder how many other people would like to do this. So when I became a probation officer, that was my idea. How many people being naive or whatever you want to fucking call it, how many people could I offer another reality? What would it take to be the invitation to being just different? I always knew that I was weird. For, and that's the other thing I like about access. <laughs> I always knew I was weird. When I got to access, I was like, okay, it's cool to be weird. I'm in. <laughs> you know, I was like, what? Are you, are you, are you, are you saying? I was like, you mean this is real? <laughs> I don't have to, these voices that I've been working with, these things, this, wait, you too? It, and what happens is that I think that's what the universe has given me as one of the greatest gifts of engagement with people and young people. Mm. I can be that invitation to be weird if you choose it. Mm. If that's what you desire, I can be that invitation to open up that door. And also I've learned to ask tons of questions. Like I've been in the office with young people once in a while and I'm like, I ask a question, are they ready for no? And so I'll close the door and I will forget before they leave, ask one more question. Is, was, was, there, was there an opening that 10 seconds when you ask it, or is there some other questions that might allow them to step into this space if you ask another question? Hmm. Which has allowed me to learn how to slow down. I'm not the greatest with myself with that yet. <laughs> like, I'm still, I'm a work in progress. I think I'm better with kids. I, I guess this was one thing. I think, I can't remember. I think Sarah Grandinetti uh, asked me one time, would you be willing to give yourself the same grace and engagement that you give others? Mm. And I was like, huh? And I think I'm in the process of that right now, of learning how to give more to me with that. Mm. Uh, because I need to be contagious for me too. Right. Well, that's beautiful. And that's actually what one of the questions I was going to ask was, I love what you're doing with the teenagers and that you're inviting them to a completely different possibility that they may not even know is out there. And how has this really changed you? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's been, uh, I like, so in my job, I work from 7.30 to 6. 
And young people in the, during the school time, school year, they come in right around three to six. I see young people. And I'm on different committees and all, but I tell those committees that I'm on, <laughs> there's nothing between three and six. That's their time. Mm-hmm. I refuse to put anything in there, any meetings or something like that. I'm not going to show up. If so, I'm leaving because I need to get over here because when you find something that feeds your soul, it allows you to feed others too. Mm-hmm. So, true exchange. Mm-hmm. And the more gritty and the more grime, the more edge, the more fun and play I will have. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I like the kids that are like, you're, like, you're an asshole. You are too. <laughs> you too. <laughs> and when they see that, they're like, what? And I'm like, dude, I ain't mad. <laughs> Because that's the other thing, too. I think in this world, in this reality, especially now in our country, the U.S., we do anger so well. Mm. We love to do anger. Right. You know, the young lady a couple of weeks ago when I was in school with her and I kept on smiling, she felt uncomfortable. And I realized people might feel uncomfortable because I'm smiling. And I was like, isn't that ludicrous? Ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Yeah, I'm smiling. You're getting uncomfortable. Yeah. Should you be uncomfortable if I'm frowning and I'm right? That's their norm. That's cool. Don't <laughs> smile. <laughs> you might be fucking enjoying yourself. Right? <laughs> Whatever you do, don't have any fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the other piece that I learned, unfortunately, is that so many young people. That's why I changed my, once this first family that I had, it was was second or third family I had, I started inviting the family to participate because what I've come to find is that my own belief system, my own knowing is that children choose their parents. Mm -hmm. Ironic. They choose their parents for an experience. Sometimes it's a joyful experience. Sometimes it fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. That's just been my experience with working with families. If the family get on, gets on board with this possibility, it will flourish and it will go further beyond whatever I imagine. But the families have been inundated in this system of can't get out, rat race. Mm. And they're preoccupied out of their choice. And once, sometimes once a child starts to make a choice, the parent doesn't want to be outdone. So I had parents like, wait a second. I remember one parent was like, uh, and I come next week because first, she <laughs> said, well, no, I'm coming. I was like, well, you can come the second part of our child is, this is primarily like, and I get it because I just realized that a lot of people, are out of choice mm. or they imagine they're out because I said to one family before, do you know when you don't make a choice, that's a choice. And they were like, huh? I'm like, it's a choice. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it, but it's still a choice. So wouldn't you like to be in charge of the choices that you make or ask questions about the choices or do you have any other choices? So, I mean that, and so what happens is that it's kind of weird because, uh, I find myself now walking through this planet, on this planet, 
I have my my weird times too. That's the dog. That's from something different. But I find myself more like asking questions all the time. Mm-hmm. You practice something with somebody else long enough, you um, start to become it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a great reminder. Oh, here, but here's the other piece for people. I, this is a piece that I want to say for people who, if you work with young people and families like the situations where I work, I will caution you to really turn up your awareness because sometimes you leave that scenario after like by Thursday night at 6.30, I'm done. And sometimes the night, the nights between Thursday, I wake up and I'm crunchy Mm. or I have poopy pants or a shithead. I told Dane once before. And it's because if you lose sight of what you're in and what you're creating with young people, it will come to eat up on you. Mm. And being aware of that, I recently started to tap in that because all my depressions and all that I thought I was having was more so my awareness of what had happened and in a given week who I'm working with. You know, and that is the biggest thing that I would like people, if I, like, I'm writing a book too. I was telling you other things. So I'm in the process of writing a book because uh, Gary told me last summer, you need to write a book. I'm like, oh, I've been wanting to write a book, but it's been all over this computer here. (laughs) So one of the things I would caution people or not caution, because that makes people afraid, just ask themselves, you know, what did I create? What did I change in the world last night? Mm or the today and universe or God, whoever you talk to, thank you for allowing me to be the part of that. Because when you do that, it will actually give you more space, more of that can come. And if you don't do that, it feels like somebody, when you're a kid, somebody opened a bag of blocks and they just open on your head like pop, 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 pop. So uh, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but I think that a lot of people who do this work, so I have friends that have been teachers, probation officers, and they're around and you're having this and now they're like, uh, that uh, it's not you recognizing that you actually changed some shit for somebody tremendously. Thank you for sharing that, John. I'm actually a body worker and sometimes I even forget that when I work with people's bodies and yeah. then I feel all wonky and heavy and I'm like, oh right, that's not mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so being in question, being like, okay, is that actually even mine? Yes. So great. Well, thank you so much, John. This has been you, really sister. amazing. And um, I look forward to talking to you again about your future projects. I'm so excited. Thank you. And thank you so much for what you're doing with the kids. Thank you, sister. Appreciate it.